Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. It is great to be with you today. This is Pastor Marcus Ortega, and as always, I am joined by Pastor John Torres. John, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, are you surviving? We're like yep. days from Christmas. Yep. So, all right, good. Jess, welcome. How are you doing? I'm here. You're here. Good to see you. So, <laughs> um, happy, not happy Christmas, because we're in the United States. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's right. You come from a British family. I do. Yeah, it's always happy Christmas, but not for my mom. My mom does Merry Christmas now. She's lived here since 1980. What about Merry so. Xmas? We shouldn't do that, right? Listen, that's not Christian. The, but it is. The X the means X- Christ. I know. <laughs> I know. And I hear uh, people say, keep Christ in Christmas. That's that, what that the X means. Exactly what you're doing. That's the okay, X. But we forgot, so that's what happened. Things happen like that all the time. They do. And this is a reminder episode. A Christmas accident. This is a Christmas reminder. Why does Christmas matter? Why are we doing this? Why are we celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ? <laughs> because Jesus matters. Because it matters that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting. We did that passage in a sermon just a couple weeks ago. I preached it on the live stream. Yeah. Cool. Back in November. So, um, (laughs) I know when you said we're talking about why Christmas matters and I was like, because that's going to be a long podcast. (laughs) Cause 'Cause it does. Cause it does. Some question. (laughs) But I mean, but seriously, I mean, listen, there's, there's a whole lot of people I think who have become suspicious about Christmas. Um, they've become suspicious because it's super corporate. It's super materialistic. The economy's built around it. It is. I mean, right. there's, uh, you know, even in the the conversation about COVID, it need, it do, do parts of the country need to shut down again and stuff. Big consideration was holiday shopping and what effect that's going to have on the economy. Um, Christmas is huge culturally. And I think Christians have, um, in reaction, some of them said, well, then we, we're not doing it. And they kind of cross their arms and say, we're not doing that corporate thing. And they strip away all of the... Um, all of what we call maybe the extras, the lights and the and the garland and all of that. We talked briefly in one episode about the Christmas tree. Um, but Christmas is a part of our tradition liturgically. It's also important theologically. And I wonder if we could share a little bit, thinking of theologically what we're about to do in Christmas Eve services in just a couple days, and then the big Christmas Day, Christmas Day worship, I'll be here to preach. Looking forward to that on Christmas Day for the 100 or so people, and it is. About 100 people come. We worship yep. together on Christmas Day. And um, why does this actually matter? Why, why are we making such a big deal about the birth of Jesus? I mean, we talk a lot about his death and resurrection. Why is the birth so important? Well, the birth is always important, so that there's never a debate about the theology of the birth of Christ. Uh, there is certainly a debate about Christmas as a holiday, okay. the date that Christmas happens. So, you know, us Western Christians, that's Catholics and Protestants, have it the week before the New Year's. The Orthodox Eastern Christians have it the week after New Year's. So there's a little debate change or date change there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was not born on either one of those dates. No one says he was. So, but that's when we celebrate. Do we know birthday. about when? Was it? In, it was in the spring. Oh, uh, there's. I've heard spring. I've heard fall. Okay. You know, because yeah. you have to consider the animals. You know, you just yeah. look at the shepherds yeah. and like, why? Why would they be where they are? And so I've heard yeah. uh, cases made for both. And 
So wait, so you're telling me? I think Brian Wibben says uh, spring. Yeah, I think that's. I think I remember him saying April, that in Israel. Something. I don't know. Yeah, he gives an actual date. Yeah. I think. I don't know how we got there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Time he gives. <laughs> really? Well, we study the rocks. We could tell. It. <laughs> but hold on. Are you telling me that my beautiful nativity with the snow on the on the manger in the stall is incorrect? It's narratively correct. Okay. It's. But the Magi would not be there at the same time that the shepherds were there That's at true. all. They would be there much By a couple later. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They have to be like down the mantle from your nativity. Then or like over in there? the other room. Put them like in the coffee table in the other room. I think I recommended that one year. That was Did pretty you? funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you had them like, uh, didn't we do it over here in Lindsay Pullman? Didn't we have like the Magi were on the other side yeah. of the chancel or just something to, like that? Just to make that point. Yeah, <laughs> like the aesthetics of, of yeah. it. <laughs> That's funny. Um so Protestants, Presbyterians especially, were totally anti-Christmas because Christmas was Catholic. Yeah. And so we didn't want to do anything that was Catholic, even if it was if the value to it. Well, that it was Catholic meant that it had no value. You know, I think we're past that now, certainly. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, it, it's interesting because for my devotional for Advent, you know, I look back to 1920s, everyone knows, and Christmas, as we have it now, is pretty much intact for, for 100 years. Wow. There's a couple songs that we are familiar with that came out in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. and they feel timeless to us. They're not necessarily... Yeah. But the celebration of Christmas itself, you know, in 1920 was pretty well intact, but it formed the way we celebrate it in the 1800s, mm. you know, in the 19th century. And, uh, you know, that's where there was there was debate even then. And I, I don't think that Goodwill was Christmassy mm. uh, all 300 years. I think that there were probably years where... It was very downplayed, you know. Well, I know that that was the that was the custom. I remember I was at Westminster Theological Seminary the last time that Christmas landed on a Sunday, and there was a whole lot of churches that canceled that day, which was kind of an absurd thing to do. Why would you cancel church on the day? You that do it or don't? So <laughs> yeah, um, let's celebrate God by not going to church. By not going well, to church, we yeah. had that around here, so we wouldn't do it. So we, we yeah. Encourage people to come out, and they did. And now we do it every year? Yep. Yeah. And, and I think next year, it's Sunday. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Coming up soon. And um, But I remember, because, you know, Westminster is very conservative Presbyterian, um, and the debate was, do you do anything special for Christmas to recognize that it is Christmas? And a lot of um, our brothers and sisters in denominations like the Orthodox Presbyterian Church said T- no. The, the, right. the, the TRs. Yeah, the TRs. Hey, he's paying attention. <laughs> but, um, but that's not necessarily to say that they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't do it in church. Well, I believe a lot yeah, of that. So they oh, don't do that's a really good point. That is so a good they, point. So they just say that that church, like liturgically, obviously you're going to talk about the birth of Christ because it's in the Bible. Not necessarily liturgically. And that was the point oh. that they were making. In the church service, you do nothing different. You don't change your preaching schedule. It's just another Sunday. It's an ordinary Sunday. So they don't follow the liturgy? No liturgical calendar. And that's important for that. certain pockets of the of the Presbyterian world. They have nothing to do with the liturgical calendar. I, I think I remember R.C. Sproul. I was at yeah. his church like a week or two after Christmas, and he was working his way through Luke, and he was near middle through Luke. So yep. they had on Christmas, near Christmas, been talking about you know, Luke 15 or Luke yeah. 17 or something, and with no concern whatsoever. Right. Right. And within church. But they'll celebrate it at home, like privately within their yeah, family. Most, most, they'll yeah. celebrate Christmas. I think but so, that, yeah. I mean, there are some sects of Christianity that don't. And certain or, cults, um, a lot of cults will yeah, jettison of, Christ, yeah. Christmas right away because they want to be yeah. more pure. 
Well, know? and you know, there are, um, you know, my, my wife's family, um, until recently didn't celebrate Christmas because, uh, they're atheists and they believed it was purely a uh, money-making ploy. So they wanted nothing to do with it. Eventually the kids wore them down. But I mean, that, there's rabbi, part of that his, too. his, his issue is most of his synagogue celebrates Christmas. And he's trying to get him to stop. Oh, you know, no. it's like, no, don't do that. Because his, his job is to keep yeah. Jewish people Jewish people. That you know? is a burden. And, and he's trying yeah. to make the distinction. Like this is oh, not man. a this is not a Jewish thing. Yeah. But it's so heavy in the culture. So the lines do get blurred. They do. And it it is about the the gospel. It is thank God for the Bible, always, mm-hmm. you know, the preacher's best friend. You know, <laughs> the Bible. And you go into the Bible and you see the accounts of his birth and you celebrate those and you preach on those. And it's a it's a no brainer. To yeah. be a, a missionary pastor, which if you're a pastor in the United States of America, you're a missionary pastor mm-hmm. wherever you are, and you're using the culture that's around you, and the culture's big into Christmas, and so you are, I mean, unless God calls you to, to be in defiance of that, but the Bible has a precedent of working with your context, you know, Acts chapter 17, there's a statue to an unknown God, let me tell you about this unknown God, Right. let me right. tell you why Christmas matters. You know, Absolutely. I mean, that's a that's a leading question, that could be, a, that could be the title of an Advent sermon series. Sure. Ending with Christmas Eve, why does Christmas matter? And just go through, why does Jesus matter? Because that's the whole point. Right. It comes back to Jesus. And now, that keeps it true. It comes back to Jesus. Let's talk about his birth for a second and the kind of the theological points that are made around his birth. Like, what are some of the important things that we want people to hang on to? Like, what theologically does his birth have? What, what's the significance? Well, it was the answer to a promise. Right? Okay. Like God yeah. said that he was going to save his people. And it was, you know, generations and generations and generations of not doing what God wanted them to do. And, but still God was faithful in the end to, you know, to save. Yeah. It, I think it, when I think of Zechariah's uh, prayer in Luke, you know, when, when he's, did I get that name right? Or I yep. totally butcher? Yep. Yeah, Zechariah. Yep. Yep. When Zechariah is celebrating that he has now seen the promise of God's salvation for Israel. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a context. Like I don't know what it is to, to have generations like waiting for right. a baby to be born. You know, that's. I, I don't have a category for something like that. But the ancient Israelites did, you know, waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and, and pockets happened. of Judaism still today. Yes. Well, you'll you'll be able to catch that spirit. In, in certain pockets of Judaism. And, you know, Micah 5, 2, you know, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. You know, classic uh, prophetic writing about, you know, Jesus' birth, the way he was born, yeah. where he was born, the, the humility, the... The, the humble nature of his birth. Yeah, he, he's a king who didn't look anything like a king because what we see as a king is not a king. That's what a king looks like. Yeah. A real king looks like Jesus. Is born like Jesus. Lives like Jesus. Talks like Jesus. You know, serves like Jesus. Yeah, it's it, it gives you a completely different picture of strength and authority. Yeah, right. But that is strength and authority. Yes, it's it's not just a contrasting picture. The other picture's wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's an illusion. I like that. It's yeah. false. It's a wow. show of strength and authority without any real strength or authority. You know, it's yeah. funny. We were talking about um, 
and I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to blow people's image up of what Christmas looked like. Um, but we were talking about, you know, the, the snow on the stall and the manger. When <laughs> yeah. you go to Israel, that really gets shattered for you. Yeah. Because Brian Whitman will take you to a place called Megiddo. And he'll show you the picture of a house. And he'll, he'll kind of just, he's doing it on purpose. He's teaching. He knows how to teach. So he knows how to get you to the wow, mind-blowing moment. Um, and he walks you through where all the different rooms are. So this is the kitchen here. This is the main room. This is where people, and here's a guest room back here. And then here's the um, portion where the prized animals would be kept. And these would be for sacrifice. And he's just kind of telling you the story. You're just thinking you're getting cool historical notes. Then he takes you to the new Testament and the birth of Jesus. And he says, um, the, I, here's what actually happens. And he takes you through Luke and shows you how it's actually described. He said, there was, here's Matthew or not Matthew. Sorry. Here's Joseph and Mary, they show up at a guy's house. They would have been brought into the back guest room. That's impossible that they were turned away. So, you know, in our narratives, we always have the, there the no uh, there's no room, right? And it does say there's no room, but it doesn't say the word in. It says the word guest room. <laughs> and so they bring them in and they're good, but she's nine months pregnant. And in a guest room, you don't get to stay in there by yourself. You have to stay in there with everybody else because hospitality culture, again, the more guests you have, the more honored you are in your town. So it's the guest bunkhouse. It is bas basically is. And they're, you're, you're sleeping like next to each other, like on each other, basically. Kind of awkward when the woman goes into labor. So there's no room for her to Hard give to birth in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's waking everybody up. Um, there's no literally no room for her to give birth in this guest room. So they move her into the adjacent room, which is where the sacrificial animals are kept. And she gives birth to Jesus in the room where sacrificial animals are. And that's where she is. That's where Jesus is put into a manger. He's he is first introduced to the world as a sacrificial lamb. Oh. And it's so just much nicer. It, yeah. And I mean the original story that you know like that we think of yeah. is very nice, but that's even better. Oh man. That is the original story. You just didn't know. Right. Well, what, what we've <laughs> right. come to know is the story. Right. Yeah. Our Hallmark Our, story is right. different. Yes. But oh man, Our like thinking of the it. overtones of what's happened like he's born a sacrificial lamb in the, in the room where the sacrificial animals are kept. And I wonder, even in that moment, if it's starting to click in Mary's head. You know, we talked last week about Mary, and, and she knew a lot more than the song would imply. Mary, did uh, you know? <laughs> no, nope, I have no idea. Yeah, no, no that's you did. Uh, <laughs> she did. Um, but I wonder, even there, she's realizing I just gave birth to someone in a sacrificial waiting room, and and that's really what happens there. Oh man, it's just gave me chills and you can see everybody in israel their mind just go kaboom <laughs> just explodes because there there probably was no stable it was this room yeah, here of course it's amazing yeah yeah but i guess when we do our pageants we have to have a role for the innkeeper to be able to say no you can't get rid of that can you imagine being brian Whitbin and you you have to do there's going to be a pageant there's going to be a you know a baby <laughs> on the hay you know, growing up, I bet he was like, my kid will not be the innkeeper. That's never going <laughs> to happen. Innkeeper. There's no room here. You know, I don't know how he just doesn't stand up in the middle of it. Lies. <laughs> he just has to live with it and just roll his eyes. Oh, man. And, and even though we know, he really knows. Oh, jeez, Yeah. He, I'm just parroting what he taught us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like in your American 
thinking of it, you're like, oh, you're picturing them like driving by the motel with the new vacancy sign. Yes. Like that's what you're thinking. Yes. Is, you know, like there's a place where everybody goes and they stays when they're out of town. Not at all. There were no hotels well, like that. But, but we're Americans right. and yeah, we're used to certain conveniences. And, and like hotels it's a and fast food story. Like, well, there's no room. So she had to go somewhere else. Like, oh, so what? I mean, right. I why do I care about that? <laughs> right. Well, now, now you see the symbolism. Yes. Based, based on what it says in the Bible on, on where she was born. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, but that doesn't mean that your child going through the Christmas pageant was wrong. Glad you did it. Christmas pageants are fun. I'm not trying to take that God away from sovereign. people. He right. has ordained that there be yes. erroneous <laughs> Christmas pageants. And we will have all a Christmas pageant again every year. in 2021, Lord willing, in person this time and not virtual. Yes. And there will most likely be an innkeeper. And that's okay. Will we even be able to be around people? I mean... I, I, in will everybody be like me in 2021? <laughs> like, like, I'll hug you. Okay. Yeah. You know? Oh, no. Hugging has gotten like... People used to be even in... A, I'm getting a lot of illegal hugs. All right. <laughs> I don't know about you. Illegal. They're breaking the rules. Yeah. No, they're they're telling me they're doing it, and they're doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't have. They're not helping me with my hug. No. No. (laughs) With my hug viewpoint. I'm going to hug you. You're going to hug me back, and that's just how it's going to go. So I'm just picturing that. I'm picturing that Christmas pageant. Just that's a that's a lot of people. That's a lot of that's a lot going on. A lot of people stuff going on. And I don't think we've had any of that. No. And the poor kids, they definitely have not. No. They don't know how to be together. They don't know how to do things together. They don't together, even know how to, how to interact have a conversation. with each other. Like, it's your turn now. What, uh, is there an all button to push? Uh, my kids have been playing together through the, my Minecraft, kids too. the Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. they're like logged into the same yeah, thing. Minecraft, and, yeah. And then, like, you'll hear them fighting. I'm like, you guys aren't or even playing adopt together. Me. Do, they, do you know what that is? Or what? Adopt me. Adopt me. That's a game. See, I'm in. You're no. out. You don't know. I didn't know Not that. Not cool. One. And then well, among our us, kids are young. I do know among us. Which I don't think yeah. my kids like very much, but it's a, it's that a thing. huge right now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about adopting. Yeah, my me. kids fight through what? during Minecraft. They're yelling, "She's killing my cats because she's in my house." Stop! Would you play together in real life? <laughs> like they don't know how to <laughs> be normal. Dolls. What are these? Like I don't know. Yeah, they don't know how to be normal. But anyway, so I think. But the, take the their Christ- things away, and then they will. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're so I, mean. I, I know. I'm right. I'm. I'm I've done the right parent thing. Because I can pause I've heard the internet. The word mean. That's God's way of saying, well, well done, done, good yeah. and faithful parent. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think the pageant, hopefully it'll be back. Hopefully the kids learn it'll how to be, be back. We'll, kids we'll, again. We'll get to a place eventually. It's going to take a while. We will and, eventually get back to a place where we can do that. And, again. you know, as pastors, I, I would encourage us not to throw away all those cultural things. Right. Like all the things about Christmas that churches are famous about complaining about. Churches should just stop complaining about all of them. Stop complaining about it. Altogether, yeah. I, I, we used to have it so that when people came on Christmas and Easter, they would get a lecture on only coming on Christmas and Easter. Mm. And not being a church person, I came in and said, "I'm not doing that." Yeah, because that's special. They're at least coming to church. This is a post-church area, post-Christian area in New York, yeah. and they're coming on Christmas and Easter. And maybe that's all they can do right now. Hope they come more, but I am not. They are included. Yeah, they, they make this worship service special. I really look forward to seeing all these new faces or all these old faces I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And I'm not making any, I'm not voicing a single complaint about it. I mean, could you imagine if in the middle of August, a bunch of people who don't ordinarily come to church just randomly came in and got to hear your sermon? Like, would you shame them for not right. normally You're coming? Not admonish oh, them. I see so many people here. Where were you last week? Because that was part one of this sermon series. And this is part two. So yeah. you missed, missed it. it. Maybe you'll go online and listen. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't understand that either. But you see it like, so in cultural America and around Christmas time, like you're in the mall hearing hymns about the Savior. Yes. Yeah. Embrace that. You don't like oh, you come have, all ye faithful. Right. Right. Like you're you in have, JC Penney's. Right. Which is still open, <laughs> I think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? This <laughs> keeps closing. But, when, but you have a bunch of, closing. you know, like people who, for whatever re- like they listen to Christmas music and it's endearing to them and it stirs something in right. them and it's Christ, yes. even though they don't know that. So, you know, if you get, you know, they're embracing the holiday and they kind of, I mean, I feel like most Americans will say like, yeah, it's the birth of Christ and we give presents too. You know, like they, they, even if that's not what they're celebrating, they acknowledge that that's what it's about Yeah, and they're not against that. And so, you know, to embrace the holiday and people's kind of more openness, you can be unashamedly Christian at Christmas and people like don't even get mad at you. Right. You know, nobody's going to yeah. say anything like it's a total gift to the church. It is. Hey, I'm helping you guys out. I'm going to make the whole world <laughs> exactly. interested in this stuff. You know, like you're and at the mall. Half of us in church is like complaining. That's all wrong. It's all fake. It's all tinsel. And it's like, oh, please. You know, there's there's this interesting I'm, I'm teaching through Acts in the 11th hour Bible study. Right. And I've been teaching through it since we began, because it's a long book. I'm not sure I made the right <laughs> choice. but um, My mom's really been appreciating it. Uh, she good. loves that's it. That's good. It's been fun. Um, one of the things that we run across is um, Paul, after he's a Christian, takes a Nazarite vow and has to go through the whole thing, and he even goes to Jerusalem to sacrifice, all of it. And one of the things that Luke talks about throughout Acts is you get to hold on to your culture when you come to Christ. You don't give that up. Gentiles remain Gentiles. Jews remain Jews. You hold on to the cultural things, even though your ultimate allegiance now is to Jesus Christ. There are some American cultural things that we don't have to throw out when we come to Christ. Right. And all the trappings of Christmas is part of that. It's part of American culture. It's part of our culture. We hold on to it. We embrace it. We celebrate it. It's why we do Thanksgiving. We don't, there's no Thanksgiving in the Bible. Right. We well, still do I think it. A, so people like to be better Christians than other Christians. Mm. I'm more real Christian than you. Yeah. I'm more genuine Christian than you. And that's why I won't do this or do that. And that's what I take issue with. It's okay. like, if you think you're a better Christian than another Christian, then you might not be either better or a Christian. Because mm. your whole way of looking at things is not Christian. That's not biblical. That's yeah. not what Jesus is teaching. That's not what Mary modeled. Right. You know? Well, and it's definitely not what Christmas is about. Yeah. Because Christmas is all about God coming in the flesh to be with us and bring all of us to him. In our culture, with right. our mess, and do our things. Yep. And, you know, you were talking about Paul, like, having parts of his culture still. I mean, Timothy was his student, and he made Timothy embrace he one did. particular part of that culture that is always <laughs> painful to think yep. about. But he didn't make Titus do it. Right. Yep. Because yeah. Titus didn't need to, but Timothy, sorry, dude. Got the short well, end of the stick on that it? one. Yeah. But oh. <laughs> that was wrong. Oh, no. I didn't hear it coming out before I said it. Anyway. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's you're, you're absolutely right. The, the cultural holding on to the culture is key. Now, there are times. There are times where we have to be willing to lay down some of the things we're permitted to do, and, and it's appropriate. But that's normally not Christmas. But Christ gets the preference. Right. Right, so you use you use. Uh, I explained trunk retreat to people who didn't need need me explain it to them. Yeah, because the, the people that were be up in arms just weren't around. Sure, you know. But I just say, hey, we use we're we're doing what 
Paul did in Acts chapter 17, we use in our culture to speak about Christ, mm-hmm. to, to say, mm-hmm. hey, this is, you know, because God gives us eyes to see that you can find ways to the cross. You know, there's one way to the Father, it's Jesus, but you can find the many ways to Jesus through all these different cultures. Yeah. And... Well, but I think also, it's good to have fun in church. That's what Trunk or Treat did. It was fun. You get to... A lot of people have this... enormously popular. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that can happen is we can get this view of church. It's like, oh, it's this boring, stodgy, da-da-da. And we play into that stereotype when we push back against some of the trappings. Like, have fun with Christmas. It's where the people are angry. It's where the people are better than other people. Right. It's where they're... And that's... We we earn our our, uh, label as judgmental sometimes. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate. You know, it's, it's unnecessary. So so what's a fun thing for you at Christmas, Jess? Like, what's the fun activity you all do? Uh, we don't eat candy in our... I mean, we eat a lot of candy in our house, but we don't eat candy with dye in it. So throughout the year, kids' birthday parties and yeah. Halloween and... And uh, so you Valentine's eat dye Day, on Christmas Day. That's no, cool. no, 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 we do not. But we save, we save all of the she candy. She locks them all in a padded room afterwards. We sa- oh, I like oh, it. Oh, gosh. Born to die. We save it all, and on Christmas Eve we make a gingerbread house. That's oh, like cool. our like the the whole, and we have chocolate soup, which is like a chocolate. Wow. We we had to make it fun. It, it's. It's like a custard, like a hot custard. So yeah. it's got eggs and stuff in it. So it's kind of appropriate for breakfast. But I mean, you have a very small bowl of it and then have a eggs after. But so we have hot chocolate soup and decorate our gingerbread house. And I mean, that takes like hours and hours and tons and tons and tons of frosting. And it's always so fun. That's really cool. So that's like one of the things I really look forward to doing. And and I'll, I'm going to go one step further and say that's a Christian thing to do. Because having fun with oh. your family <laughs> around an activity like this at Christmas is part of being faithful to Christ. It's leaning into the joy of life. We are to enjoy Him forever. So, you know, those kinds of things. That, that's, that's that's really my point before. If, yeah. if there's no joy, then where's the Jesus? Mm. Because if, if if you're a joyless person and you're bitter and you're, you know, and you're better, you're bitter and you're better, you know, uh, then that's not who Jesus was. And again, reading through the Bible in a year, you land on the gospel, land on the birth of Christ, and you see angels carrying yeah. on. You see, I mean, the joy is, and it's it's hinted at in Isaiah, strongly hinted at in Isaiah. I mean, you read Isaiah and think, that can't be. That's just such good news. You yeah. know, let me keep going. Oh, Jeremiah, he put me back down on earth. He put me <laughs> under the ground, actually. Uh, and let me get let me get through these minor prophets. They're all pretty angry. Um, it's, it's not it's not working out well for me. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what's happening. And then you get to you know Luke chapter two, which is what we read, and you see you know a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests." Now, if you've read the whole Bible up to that point, those words are not just Christmas words. Those are amazing. I mean. There, were, there is no peace up mm-hmm. to this point. There's conflict, conflict with God, conflict with each other. Uh, we don't deserve favor. So this is a great teaching in grace, just this one verse. This actually is the verse that our church is built on, because the King James Version says, goodwill to men. Yeah. So that's where our church name yeah. comes from, and so it's in these wooden letters in our historic sanctuary, yeah. in our Lindsay Pullman Chapel. But it's, uh, it, it's such joy, and th- that's the conviction for me. You know, I'm 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 being hard on people who are joyless, and who are judgmental, because I can be joyless and judgmental. Mm. 
and I, I want to, I, you know, I'm preaching that, that sermon to myself. I, I don't want to be a jerk, uh, you know, about Jesus, because yeah. there's nothing about Jesus that says it's okay to be a jerk about him. Well, and that doesn't make him attractive to anyone. Right. Like, well, if that's what being a Christian is, no thank you. Right. So I, I so the joy, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to look for joy. I'm going to, I'm going to refuse less than joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm going to refuse less than if if the great company of the heavenly hosts is is happy about this, then then I am too. Yeah, you I know? mean the the first angel before the hosts even arrive, the first angel who talks to the shepherd, right? Right. He says, "Fear not." Well, that's where they're at. That's where all of humanity is is in a place of fear outside of Christ. I bring you good news of great joy. That's I'm great delivering joy. you from fear into great joy. And Christians seem to sometimes go from great fear to great grumpiness. Uh, <laughs> like joy. Judgment, judgmentalness. Yeah, joy, man. Right. Like this, one of the things that I, I love about Christmas here at Goodwill is we try and lean into the joy. Yeah. And have fun. And yeah, sometimes it does mean that there's these little figurines that Anna has put into oh, the tree. Oh, I was going to talk about and, them. Yeah, the, right? I mean, the, that's cool. Cool, it's cool ornaments. Fun. See if you can figure out what the theme is this year. All, I'm excited to find out what it is. With all the different, yeah. uh, the, I mean, it's artistically. Oh, man. John and Anna, what they do here for is, Christmas. is astounding. Wow. Yeah. I've had so. family come in and visit, and they're like, wow. I said, yeah, they're amazing. I know, amazing. it's kind of its own thing. Like, there's all yeah. the sermons we preach and all the songs we sing. And, and then, then there's, there's the ministry of the, the decor. That's part of the draw, <laughs> yeah. and it's part of what people are getting when they come yeah. on, on Christmas Eve. That's why we have so many more Christmas Eve services this yeah. year, as people are... We, we want people to experience that, yeah. and and it is, it's a huge ministry. What John and Anna Raw do here to set up Christmas is a massive Absolutely. ministry because you walk in and you feel the joy. When I was talking to the team in Beacon, I was like, listen, this has been a tough year. When people come to church, I want them to see joy. We're going to decorate in here. And it's going to, I want you to feel joyful when you walk in because, man, that's what Jesus did. He broke into a difficult, painful world like 2020 has been with joy. And we get to experience that. And we don't get just experience. We get to share that with people. Well, and especially people who, like you said, have come through such difficult year. Like there's people who have been decorated for Christmas since the first week in November. Yeah. Like they, since before, there's, there's since light, before, lit up houses everywhere. They were decorated. So yeah. like, I mean, people who in, in this dark year and, and, you know, in the coming to the end have like kind of been holding on to Christmas, yeah. like take yeah. advantage of that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Christmas Eve yeah. is just in a couple days. Um, John, do you want to give a little tease? What are we, what are we talking about on Christmas Eve? Well, the, the title is uh, "Have a Very Noisy Christmas." You know? <laughs> and it's really, it's been about the Psalms. Yeah. And so this particular Psalm uh, is is boisterous and and it's exactly to the point of what we're making here. It's, awesome. it's about joy, and there's you know you, you can't escape it. Very cool. It, it it's it's good news. Well, and then on Christmas Day, I'm going to uh, I'm not going to be in the Psalms. I'm going to be here in Luke. And we're going to talk about the shepherds, and we're going to talk about the great joy. Cool. And that's what we're doing on Christmas Day worship. So that'll so. be a nice, uh, that'll dovetail nicely with the, it the, will. the messages throughout oh, Christmas Eve. Absolutely, it will. I was I was looking at the passages for Christmas Eve and being like, oh man, 
that just reminds me of angels and the shepherds. Let's yeah. do that. So yeah. we're going to have fun with that. And, uh, so yeah, I encourage folks, um, look at all the service times at all of the locations. Cause there's many of them. It's different than years before. Right. We've added services to get everybody through. So we have less people in a building, but mm-hmm. more people, you know, the same amount of people can come if they so choose so you have right. to sign up. And, uh, Online. we're going to stream one of our Christmas Eve right. services as well. So if you're not comfortable coming in, you can still worship with us. And and it's going to be the four o'clock service that we're right. going to stream. Um, and so, you know, I hope people have been enjoying the Christmas season. I hope that they really enjoy these next few days. Amen. I hope they hold on to Christmas beyond the day. Like, yep. let, the st- let the decorations stay up a little longer than you normally would. Like, lean in to the joy of this season. And uh, we will be back with you next week on the other side of Christmas. And uh, see you then. Thanks to all of us from Goodwill Talk. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.